Section 1 of Starved Rock, a Historical Sketch. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Veronica Jenkins. Starved Rock, a Historical Sketch by Eaton G. Osman. Section 1. Preface and Introductory. Preface. Francis Parkman's La Salle and the Discovery of the Great West must be hereafter the basis of any repetition of the story of the discovery and settlement of the Illinois River Valley. That I have in this little sketch availed myself of the results of Dr. Parkman's labors will be apparent to every reader of his delightful volumes. I the more readily acknowledge this indebtedness in view of the fact that even before he had himself stood upon Starved Rock, his studies of the original authorities had led to his rejection of the supposition of Sparks and others that it was Buffalo Rock which was the site of La Salle's famous Rock Fort. Dr. Parkman established beyond question from documents contemporary with La Salle corroborating this conclusion of the student of manuscripts by subsequent personal observations on the ground that starved rock was the true site of the ancient fort st louis around which was planted the first permanent settlement of the white race in the mississippi valley thus giving to starved rock a prestige historically equal to the fame it has ever had as a unique landmark of the great west i have not attempted here to rewrite the history of the illinois country but simply to bring together in one place such authenticated facts relating to starved rock scattered through many volumes as may assist in giving the rock its proper perspective on the canvas of western and our national history as well as interest the thousands of strangers who annually visit this beautiful and interesting spot introductory here by this stream in days of old the red men lived who lie in mold. The leaves that once their history knew, their crumbling pages hide from view. I have stood upon starved rock and gazed for hours upon the beautiful landscape spread out before me, said the late Justice Sidney Breeze. The undulating plains, rich in their verdure, the rounded hills beyond, clad in their forest livery, and the gentle river pursuing its noiseless way to the Mississippi and the Gulf, all in harmonious association, make up a picture over which the eye delights to linger, and when to these are added the recollections of the heroic adventurers who first occupied it, that here the banner of France so many years floated freely in the winds, that here was civilization while all around was barbaric darkness, the most intense and varied emotions cannot fail to be awakened. Starved Rock is one of the most noted natural curiosities of the West. Once an arm of the bluff, which here bounds the Illinois River Valley on the south, it now stands alone an isolated sandstone cliff, whose walls, carved into form by the floods of countless generations, rise 125 feet above the level of the river circular in form the summit of the rock contains about half an acre of land which is well covered with a growth of evergreens and scrub oaks while its sides are draped with vines and ferns wild flowers 
and cedars, and below the river calmly flows. The summit is accessible only from the south, where the flood eddies have heaped up the sands against the base. Nature's helping hand has been supplemented by man, both savage and civilized, who has carved rude steps in the rock and converted a mere hint for a climbing pathway to the top into a practicable ascent. Starved rock stands apart, like a moss-grown and ivy-clad battle-tower of medieval ages. It is a nature-made citadel, as impregnable to assault as Gibraltar. Like many a feudal refuge, it has survived the attacks alike of war and time, and today stands a monument to brave men and their vanished dreams of political power and commercial aggrandizement. From the summit, the valley of the Illinois for miles lies spread out before the eye as an open book, an incomparable view. On either side the river lie long fields of barley and of rye that clothe the world and meet the sky, and through the fields the road runs by to many towered Camelot. To the east the eye follows the thread of the river as it flows past cultivated farms and under the shadow of verdure-clad hills. In the distance rises Buffalo Rock, a starved rock enlarged and magnified, behind which curls the smoke of Ottawa's busy shops, while afar in the haze beyond the hills of Rutland give shadowy form and contour to the vanishing horizon. On turning to the west, the eye lingers along the meandering stream on whose clear bosom once voyagers gainst time did row. Stealing away through broad and fertile fields, or behind low clumps of trees, the silvery trail is at last lost in the far distance, where gleaming fields of haze meet the voyager's gaze. In the midst of this haze may be distinguished the outlines of the twin cities of La Salle and Peru, while just below the horizon, extended from bluff to bluff, the great bridge of the Illinois Central Railroad hangs suspended over the river, like a triumphal arch, erected o'er its march to the sea. From the northern segment of the rock one looks down upon the river below his feet. No wind stirs its waves, but the spirits of the braves, hovering o'er whose antiquated graves its still water laves on the shore. From the farther shoreline stretches the now cultivated meadow where once stood the ancient Kaskaskia, the home of the savage tribes who two hundred years ago claimed and occupied the Illinois country as their hunting grounds. Under the brow of the distant bluff sits the village of Utica, wherein dwells but a tithe of the population that once lived upon this site. It is and ever has been a rich and beautiful land, for whose possessions many a desperate battle has been fought, both before and since the white man came, and the ashes of both the victor and the vanquished enrich the soil on which are grown the corn and wine of later generations of men who loved the spot as dearly as did the fated red men. It is as beautiful now as then, but changed. Soft hints of meadows, sweet with hay, high banks that rise, thick-fringed between, the wood and wave, forever green, a farm lawn just beyond the way, alive with youngsters at their play, all these in pictured landscape lie, framed in pale hues of air and sky. End of section one. Recording by Veronica Jenkins in Ottawa, Illinois.